Watch and listen to the talkie news every day at 12 noon and 6 p.m. on Channel 96 Comcast Xfinity and Channel 30 Verizon Fios. It can also be heard Mondays and Tuesdays at 4.30 p.m. and Wednesdays at 12.30 p.m. on Channel 9 Xfinity and Channel 29 Fios. Listen anytime on the BMC Podcast Network on SoundCloud and iTunes. Just search for the Belmont Media Podcast Network. And now on to the talking news. Mission to Protect, Preserve Belmont's Historic Home by Joanna K. Zavallis. The issue, preserving and protecting our community's historic resources requires substantial investment from governments and private donors. The impact is that historic uh, properties and archives of documents and objects are key to our community's identities. Has anyone ever wondered what the stately, ornate mansions sitting on the hill across from Town Hall at the corner of Concord Avenue and Pleasant Street is? Thousands of people drive by this historic structure daily. Some may note a sign hanging in front of it that says Belmont Women's Club, but still have no idea what the significance of the building is. American artist Winslow Homer was the nephew of William Flagg Homer, who built the house at 661 Pleasant Street in Belmont in 1853 as a summer residence. Winslow spent many of his summers at his uncle's house, and much of his work depicts scenes of Belmont people and places, including his uncle's home, according to Belmont Women's Club co-president Wendy Murphy. It wasn't... Uh, if it wasn't for a group of women in 1927 who pooled their funds together to purchase the 1853 William Flagg Homer House, the property would have been demolished by a developer who planned to tear it down and build seven lots on the land, according to Murphy. Murphy has done a lot of research on the property and found a letter dated March the 7th, 1927 from the Belmont Women's Club President Bell Chaffee which states the purchase price was $25,000, and at that, businessmen of the town think we have made a good investment. But more important still is the fact that the Women's Club has done something for Belmont in preserving an old landmark and retaining the dignity of its civic center. To ensure a long-term protection of the home from demolition, the Belmont Women's Club listed the home on the National Register of Historic Places as part of the Pleasant Street Historic District. Belmont Historic District Commission Co-Chairman Lauren Meyer said the Homer House is one of Belmont's most significant historic buildings for its Italianate architectural style and character and its historic association. The Belmont Women's Club fundraisers uh, the, the Belmont Women's Club has fundraisers throughout the year and relies heavily on its membership dues to keep up with the cost of just running the house, which is twenty-five dollars to $30,000 annually, said Murphy. Social and educational uh, events are planned for members throughout the year. The home is also available for, public, uh, for the public to rent for private functions. The Community Preservation Act funds pay paid by Belmont taxpayers annually are helping maintain 
historic properties like the 1853 William Flagg Homer House. In 2015, the town meeting approved a $100,000 of community preservation funding to be used for rehabilitating and restoring the Homer House, uh, particularly restoration of the the cupola and a replacement and restoration of its failed or missing elements. The cupola project is almost completed, and according to Murphy, there may be about 14,000 additional CPA funds that can be used to replace the chimney, repair or replace the exterior molding, which recently suffered, suffered water damage, scrape and repaint peeling exterior trim, and replace the bulkhead, which is made of plywood and has deteriorated uh, significantly over the years. The next project that needs attention are the windows, approximately one dozen of which need to be repaired or reglazed. Murphy has it. Uh, Murphy said it would cost $2,000 per window and plans to submit another application to the Community Preservation Committee to fund this project. Murphy said they need at least $400,000 to get the house restored. This would pay for repairs to the land from runoff damage and for the removal of trees and parking can be added to the right side of the driveway. They would also like to uh, purchase a handicap ramp to make the house accessible. And now to my colleague, Claire. Thank you, Bob. Fire damages buildings. Two alarm fire breaks out in Belmont Center Monday by (coughs) Joanna K. Zavellis. A two-alarm fire Monday damaged several businesses on the corner of Leonard Street and Alexander Avenue in Belmont Center, including Body Trio, Leon and Company, Vanty Nails and Spa, Lavender Wellness and Massage, and the law offices of Karen Goldenberg. Belmont Fire Chief David Frizzell said the fire department got a call at approximately 1.45 p.m. from someone at 8 84 Leonard Street, reporting there was an odor of smoke. Upon arrival, Frizzell said they discovered a fire inside the wall of Vanty Nail Salon, 86 Leonard Street. That fire had extended up into the walls and the roof area next to the Vanty Nail Salon and above the nail salon, he said. Body Trio is located on the second floor at 21 Alexander Ave. Leon de Magistris, owner of Leon and Company, owns the building and lives on the top two floors. Frizzell said the majority of the damage is in the nail salon, body trio, and the de Magistris residence. De Magistris said he was shopping at Whole Foods in Cambridge when he received a call from his son, Lieutenant Darren de Magistris, about the fire. His German shepherd, Lula, was home when the fire broke out and was beginning to inhale the smoke, but Darren got her out in time. De Magistris will not be able to return to his home for at least two months due to the damage. It was a little bit of stubborn fire. It probably took about 45 minutes to an hour to make sure it was all out because we had to open up multiple walls, roof structures, and outside sheathing, he said. Frizzell said think the amount, thinks the amount of time the businesses will need to be closed will range from a few days to as much as a month or more, depending on the damage. 
Leonard Street and Pleasant Street were temporarily closed between Concord Ave and Leonard Street to allow the crews to work. Mutual aid was provided by the Waltham, Cambridge, and Arlington Fire Departments. Concern over damage. The owners of the Vanty Nails and Spa and Lavender Wellness Massage were not at the scene. There were no known injuries. I'm really grateful no one was there. It's Monday, and all of us usually have not a lot going on Mondays, said Donna Ognabeni, owner of Body Trio. I think it's unusual that most of us were not in the building, having to evacuate clients and get them to safety. Body Trio has been in its Belmont Center location for 10 years. Dr. Vachi Seridarian of the Seridarian Dental Group, located on the second floor, 84 Leonard Street, said someone in his office called the fire department when they noticed smoke coming out of the electrical outlets in their office. As he and his staff left, he said they saw smoke coming out of the HVAC vents that served the nail salon next door. Now, here's Max. Thank you, Claire. The Impact of a Debt Exclusion <coughs> by Joanna Kate Suvelis. Town Treasurer Floyd Carmen has had many inquiries about the debt exclusion for the Belmont High School Building Committee's proposed <coughs> Grade 7 to 12 High School Building Project from taxpayers who want to know how it will affect their pocketbooks. Last week, he prepared a financing plan to help give people an idea of the financing and the cumulative real estate tax impact and shared it with the Citizen Herald. On November 6th, Belmont voters will be asked to approve a debt exclusion of $295 million to help fund the grades 7 to 12 high school project. The Massachusetts School Building Authority, MSBA, will reimburse the town for $80 million of the eligible costs. The net to the taxpayer is $215 million. Town Treasurer Floyd Carmen gives estimates of the annual cost of the new high school to taxpayers at $181 per $100,000 of a home's assessed value. The borrowing will be done in phases over five years, and the real estate tax impact would occur in the year of the financing. Carmen says if the debt exclusion passes, he would borrow $85 million at an interest rate of 4% for 30 years in March 2019. This would add $674 to the annual real estate tax bill for the average single-family home in Belmont assessed at $1,003,750. In 2020, Carmen said he would borrow another $85 million at 4.5% for 30 years. This would add $1,390 to the homeowner's annual real estate tax bill for a home assessed at $1,003,750. In March 2024, he would borrow plus or minus $45 million at 5% for 28 years. The amount depends on the reimbursement the town receives from the MSBA. For eligible costs. This would bring the total to $1,810 added to the homeowner's real estate tax bill for a single-family home assessed at $1,003,750. The homeowner would be paying this additional amount annually until 2048. All of these figures are estimates and assumes the high school budget is on, the project is on budget and will get reimbursed for all the eligible MSBA costs. 
Carmen also believes there will be a need for a town operating override in 2021 and possibly another one in 2025, which includes the operating cost of the new school, growing school population, and other town capital project needs. On top of the debt exclusion, we'll have to have another infusion because this is a brand new facility. The growth isn't going to stop because if you build it, they will come. If you increase your capacity, there will be more students coming into the system. That's just the nature of the beast, he said. Carmen said he doesn't know what the additional costs will be to operate the new grade 7 to 12 building if the debt exclusion <coughs> is approved and the building is constructed. He estimates it will cost an additional $1 to $2 million per year for the additional staff. You're looking at a debt, a debt exclusion in November. Taxpayers will start feeling that in their 2020 real estate tax bills. We will be able to stave off an operating override for a year or so, but there will be one in 2021 for four to five million, he said. Carmen believes the rising real estate taxes won't end with the operating override in 2021 if it passes. He said there most likely will be a need for a second operating override in 2025. Carmen said all future financial decisions need approval by the Board of Selectmen. Carmen says if the town increases its parking spaces for commuters, it would help stretch out some of the need for operating overrides. He said commuters would pay $150 a month for a parking space if there was a garage built in Belmont, perhaps at the current site of the municipal light building on Concord Ave when it is no longer needed by Belmont Light. The new parking meters in Belmont Center have generated additional revenue for the town, but monthly passes for commuters would generate more revenue, said Carmen. Currently, there are only 10 monthly commuter passes available in Belmont Center for people who take the MBTA commuter rail. Carmen said there aren't more available because the Claflin Street lot parking is reserved for shoppers in Belmont Center. Over to you, Bob. Thanks, Max. Belmont Light to celebrate Public Power Week. Belmont Light will join more than 2,000 other public power utilities to celebrate the benefits of hometown, community-owned, and operated electric utilities during the power during Public Power Week on October 7th through the 14th. This year marks the 32nd annual Public Power Week sponsored by the American Public Power Association. To celebrate the benefits of public power, Belmont Light representatives will be at the Belmont Farmers Market on October 11th and will sponsor an ice cream social at 1.15 p.m. on October 12th at the Belmont Senior Center at 266 Beach Street. There are more than 2,000 community-owned electric utilities in the U.S., and in five U.S. territories serving over 49 million people and more than 2.8 million business customers. Some of America's largest cities, including Los Angeles, that would be Los Angeles, San Antonio, Seattle, and Orlando, operate publicly owned electric utilities. Public Power Week provides utilities like Belmont Light the opportunity to remind taxpayers that local residents make an important decision about their public power services, said General Manager Chris Roy. That's because public power utilities are consumer-owned and operated 
and provide reliable, responsive, not-for-profit electric service. We're accountable to the people we serve and are committed to serving our ratepayers, keeping rates low, and contributing to the economic development and sustainability of the community. Belmont Light employees are committed to providing reliable, safe power, and service to all of our ratepayers, and have been doing that since 1898, Roy said. We're proud that Belmont Light has been part of the community for 120 years, and we plan to provide the same level of quality, reliable electric service to our community for many years to come. In addition to Public Power Week, customers of Public Power Utilities have access to programs and services not usually available to customers of private electric utilities, including conservation services, appliance rebates, and other energy-saving incentives. And now over to Claire. Thank you, Bob. Meet the new part-time Belmont High School Assistant Principal by Joanna K. Zavellis. Belmont High School special education teacher Michael Bruno has a new role this year as the part-time assistant principal at Belmont High School. The Belmont Citizen Herald recently asked Bruno some questions to help readers get to know them and him a little better. Here are the responses he sent via email. What are you looking forward to most about your new part-time role as assistant principal at BHS? As I work with students, families, and staff this year, I most look forward to learning from the experiences the members of these groups bring to the BHS community. I strive to be a thoughtful listener and remain open to various perspectives in order to use new knowledge to make well-informed decisions that will have a positive impact on the already incredible culture at Belmont High. What do you think your greatest challenges will be? I'm quickly learning that there are many components of this new position that pull focus away from the student. At the end of the day, we are all here for the students, and I hope to be able to stay focused on them as the first priority. I'll be moving from a caseload of 25 students as a special educator to being responsible for over 400 ninth and 12th graders. <coughs> Developing systems to ensure I remain responsive to these students and their families will be challenging work. Thankfully, our highly qualified administrative team and exceptional staff will provide support while I work through this learning curve. The building project will continue moving forward this year. Part of the attraction of this position was the opportunity to be involved in the many important decisions that will need to be made about the physical space of <coughs> BHS and the vision-instructional models moving forward. This work will not be easy. But thoughtful decisions made at this point in the process will have a positive impact on the school experience we want for our students for many years. What do you think is important for parents and students to know about you? I've been with the Belmont Public Schools for 14 years in a variety of roles, including wrestling coach, tutor, middle school teacher, BEA membership chairperson, high school teacher, 
lead special education teacher, and now assistant principal. Through these jobs, I've experienced the Belmont community from several different perspectives and know this will help me as an assistant principal. Now here's Max. Thanks, Claire. Committee answers building questions. Grade 7 to 12 building proposal explained by Joanna K. Tsuvelis. As the vote for the debt exclusion to fund the proposed grade 7 to 12 high school building is less than six weeks away, the Belmont Citizen Herald thought it would be helpful for readers to get answers to some questions which may not be available on the building committee's website. Here are the answers to six questions provided by the Belmont High School Building Committee, which were sent via email to the Citizen Herald. <coughs> How much is a building of this size going to cost and operate, and will the town be able to afford the operating costs of such a building? The school department budget has increased over the last few years to support increases in enrollment. We will continue to increase budgets as we grow. Higher staffing levels are needed with or without a new building. Facilities and utilities costs are still estimates at this time. This building will cost much less to heat and cool and power per square foot than any other Belmont building. How will students be safe in a building of this size and scope? The Belmont Public Schools have established a climate of safety. There are rules in place and professional staff who work to ensure student safety each day. What is another example of a grade 7 to 12 that would be comparable to what is being proposed in Belmont. It could be anywhere in the country. Does a school this size exist anywhere else? Billerica, Duxbury, Situate, and many other regional schools. Please see the photo of spreadsheet at, current, at the current MSBA projects. How will students in the lower grades in the new building be kept separate from the students in the higher grades? Will the middle school configuration be 7th and 8th and high school still be 9th through 12th? How is the building desi being designed to keep the upper and lower grades separate? With lower grades on the Belmont 7 to 12 school campus, careful work will be done to ensure adequate separation between younger and older students. Some strategies may be employed to achieve this inclu that include physical separation of classroom wings, adjusting school schedules such that older and younger students arrive and depart at different times, and carefully controlling the flow of students through communal areas. Additionally, there are many exciting educational opportunities that exist when 7th and 8th grades are included on a high school campus. The opportunities for thoughtful educational connections between grades could include mentoring programs and other cross-grade learning opportunities as well as access to shared robotics labs, maker spaces, and other educational areas. After the fourth grade is moved to Chenery, what will be done with the extra space at the four elementary schools? At this time, it is anticipated that classrooms will be used for their primary purpose. Due to our overcrowding, alternative spaces are currently being used as classrooms. Ensuring that students are situated in spaces meant to be classrooms is a priority. With the fourth grade moved out of the elementary schools, available classroom space will be utilized to provide differentiated educational space for programming, computer, art, etc. Available space will also be used to support special education, ELL programming, and after-school programs. Over to you, Bob. Thank you, Max. The Belmont votes to limit the number of marijuana retailers by Joanna K. Zavallis. The overall results of the special town election 
on September 25th were 63.34% for limiting the number of adult-use recreational marijuana retailers to two, which is 20% of the number of licenses issued for retail sale of alcoholic beverages not to be, brunk, not to be drunk on the premises where sold, and 36.66% against limiting the number of adult-use recreational marijuana establishments. Voter turnout was 18.22%, with 3,169 out of 17,392 registered voters braving the rain to have their voices heard. Opponents of limiting the number of marijuana retailers won only one in Precinct 4 by just one vote, 122 to 123. The other seven precincts voted two to one in favor of limiting the number of marijuana retailers. And now on to Claire. Thank you, Bob. Campaign Against Debt Exclusion Formed by Joanna K. Zavellas. Safe Schools Neighborhood, a campaign to ensure safe routes to the new Belmont High School building, filed its form for a campaign financing with the town clerk's office on September 20th at 3.59 p.m. Two Golden Street residents are listed as the chairman, Deborah Tolanian and Amy Tannenbaum. Tannenbaum, however, resigned from her position as treasurer of the campaign on September 24th. The specific issues listed by the committee are current site design for new high school does not adequately address issues of safety for students walking, biking, being dropped off, or for vehicular traffic. In an email to the Citizen Herald, Tannenbaum wrote she included her name on the paperwork due to the high frustration with the current situation. While the leaders of the school building committee and other town committees have spent an extraordinary amount of time hearing suggestions from many stakeholders in the neighborhoods, they have not committed to any actions that will ensure that the four schools neighborhood, the area between Belmont High, Wellington, Burbank, and Chenery, is safe for walkers and bikers, <coughs> wrote Tannenbaum. She stated the concerned neighbors have written letters to committee members and the newspaper, attended scores of meetings, and provided ideas proven in other towns. They have listened respectfully but taken no action whatsoever. I have since spoken with town leaders who indicate that they are committed to implementing some of these ideas and thus have requested that my name be removed at this time. I would like to become an unconditional supporter of the new school building project and could do so as soon as town leaders share a set of commitments in writing, she said. Now here's Max. Thank you, Claire. If BHS project moves forward, alternate pool needed by Joanna K. Savellis. If the debt exclusion to fund the new grade 7 to 12 high school building in Belmont passes on November 6th and the construction project moves forward, the Higginbottom Pool will be out of commission for about two years, from the spring of 2019 to the spring of 2021, while the roof is removed and a new level is added onto the building. When parents of swimmers at the Belmont <coughs> High School swim teams 
who participate in the Belmont Dolphins Recreation Program and the Belmont Aquatics Team, BATS, heard this news, they immediately became concerned. Where would the students practice and have meets while the Higginbottom Pool is out of commission? According to June Howell, Recreation Department Office Manager, approximately 450 swimmers who use the pool through the Recreation and BATS program will be affected. She said the Recreation Department uses the pool every weeknight throughout most of the school year, either for dolphin practice, public swimming, or both. On Saturdays, it is used for swimming lessons, including sport, special programs organized for recreation time, clinics and public swimming, and on Sundays for public swim. Howell said she has been actively seeking an alternate pool to be used for Belmont's recreation programs. I have called dozens of schools, clubs, and communities to see if there are hours available, but have had no success to date. I will continue to reach out to any place I can see that has a suitable size pool, she said in an email to the Citizen Herald. If Howell is unable to find an alternate pool space, she said, the Recreation Department's aquatics program will have to be suspended until the new high school is built. At the September 17th Selectman meeting, Town Administrator Patrice Garvin said she is committed to helping the Recreation Department find an alternate pool. Athletic Director Jim Davis has assured them he will find another pool for students to practice. This could potentially mean early morning practice times, possibly at 5 a.m., <coughs> at an off-site location. As of press time, Davis has not found an alternate pool. Temporary pool option. Bill Lavallo, chairman of the Belmont High School Building Committee, said the design and construction team explored a temporary pool option. However, the cost would be 2 to $3 million. And back to you, Bob. Thanks, Max. Belmont High School Building Project video released. Belmont High School Building Committee recently announced the release of a Belmont Media Center production, Belmont High School Today. The video includes first-hand accounts from Belmont High School teachers and administrators about the impact of deteriorating building conditions, overcrowding, and faculty-related limitations on students and teachers. The Belmont Media Center and video producer Lucas Tragos did a fantastic job of depicting the building conditions at Belmont High School and detailing the Belmont High School building project process, said Bill Lavello, chairman of the building committee. We are incredibly grateful for the time and resources Belmont Media Center, under the leadership of Jeff Hansel, has put into this video, and we are pleased that the Belmont community will have the opportunity to view the project, the project story, through such an effective medium. Along with my colleagues, Claire and Max, we thank you for listening to the Talking News and hope you've enjoyed the show. We will return next week for another edition of Local News Happenings Around Belmont. <laughs>